Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a bi-weekly, episodic, tokusatsu-related podcast where we're hecka excited about mecha. I'm Pat. And I'm Grant. And uh, we're here again to watch Lupin Ranger vs. Pat Ranger. Yet again, it's, it's, it's us two uh, paving the way, watching the Super Sentai. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Uh, I've kind of had a dry spell when it comes to toku, so I'm excited to get back into it. <laughs> I'm so behind. Yeah. We're, we're behind on everything, it feels like. Like, I'm so behind yeah, on no, Build. I, I I'm like more than 10 episodes <laughs> behind on Build. It's bad. Whoa. Oh, okay. Jeez, I was feeling pretty bad. I'm like three or four episodes behind, but oh, you have... Whew. Thankfully, I'm not the one that's furthest behind. I mean, I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, um, yeah, behind kind of on everything. Life is life is happening. Yeah, okay. A great deal of life is occurring right now. But uh, hey, we're still here. We're still recording. I'm excited to... Uh, it really feels like... I've been watching Power Rangers, of course, still a little bit, just because it's easier to have that on. Because mm. uh, I don't have to read subtitles. But uh, yeah, it'll be nice to get back. I'm excited. Definitely. But um, before we get back, and we're going to watch episodes 23 and 24 tonight. Yes. Uh, Before we do that, um, we wanted to talk a little bit news-wise because, you know, it is uh, is news even though we know very little of it. So we have seen uh, just just the the slightest bit, the slightest teaser Uh for the next Kamen Rider. Common Rider Z-O. Now, am I I saying that right? It looks like Z-O, but that doesn't guarantee that it's said like Z-O. I feel like it's going to be G-O. When they actually say it, but I'm not 100 sure. Of course it yeah. is. <laughs> well, because they're messing. With yeah. Me. Well, it's always a it's, it's always a roll of the dice. I can never tell what I'm actually getting. Yeah. Because I mean, if I'm thinking, I'm, I might be getting this wrong, but I think G is another way to say time, and it's like time. Oh, King. okay. It's like time travel that related. There's a what? Like, you, okay. So we've seen the design, right? We've mm-hmm. seen. A, yeah, he's got a watch band mm-hmm. down the center of his chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just straight up wristwatch. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the clock face eyes, like, oh. Yeah, I think the thing I love is that the hands are the, the sort of, the, the cricket, the ears, they're the antennae, if you will. I really dig that. Yeah. That's a, mm. that's beautiful. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we understand is this is the sort of end of the Heisei era writer. Mm. Um, so it's sort of not, not exactly an anniversary series, but we're going to do kind of a retrospective, I think. Yeah. Time travel makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's exciting. I'm pumped. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was gonna go into this thing. I don't care if it's decade junior, but I will take a decade junior because <laughs> I had fun with decade. Darn it! Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure. I mean, from the preview images, at least I've seen one that involved a lot of past writers. So mm. I'm sure decade will make an appearance. I mean, wouldn't it be fun if every episode or it was or if they did like you know uh, two parters and every single two parter involved a prior writer from a prior series wouldn't that be fun oh boy i think that'd be that fun. sounds like decade uh i think uh <laughs> a, a, a more evidence for this is uh decades like sort of a bigger image on the poster like the official poster mm. than the other yeah. other mains um but mm. I, you know we'll see when we actually get there yeah 
But, I mean, it's exciting. It's always exciting to see. Let's, let's be real with ourselves. That's part of why we're here, right? <laughs> we like to see cool-looking superheroes in cool-looking suits. So just seeing the new suit is exciting in and of itself. But mm-hmm. You get to dig up, oh, we'll see mm. monster types. They'll dig up old monster types. Like, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. All right. Well, uh, other than that, are we ready to hop into 23 and 24 for Lupin Ranger and Pat Ranger? Do we recall where we last left our heroes? Uh, we know that our, our dual rangers showed up. Right? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Is it Ranger X or am I thinking Racer X from Speed Racer? God, it's amazing what you can forget in two or three weeks. <laughs> I know. It's bad. Oh. I can't even remember. Yeah, I can't. Uh, is it? Nope. I don't remember the exact <laughs> I'm gonna call name. call him Ranger That's X and later be very embarrassed. Mm hmm. Oh, so, oh, oh, it's Ranger X on one side, but then it's Sentai X on the other <laughs> but side. But of right? course. That's how it works. <laughs> This is totally not right. Yeah, this is us. We're just we're freestyling. <laughs> uh, no, but he he's shown up mm-hmm. and he uh, is playing both sides, and that's really mm. kind of it. Uh, he seems to be trying to help both, sort of equally help and deceive both teams. But other than that, I don't feel like we have too much else to go on. But we'll see what we get. Mm. Mm-hmm. So let's watch that show. Let's do it. この番組はTokyoTikuriGroupPRTとTheComicFindとご覧のスポンサーの提供でお送りします。And we're back. So that was uh man, uh, we got a lot more a lot more time hanging out with uh Lupon X, Panto X this time. How you feeling? What do you think? Uh, I really enjoyed both of those episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. nice to to do a bit of a. I mean, it's a it's a cliffhanger, mm. uh, which we'll get into. But it was nice to have a pair of episodes that were sort of a two parter and had some continuity between them. It makes it a little bit easier to discuss and kind of have a longer thread for once, uh, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to do a quick rundown of ye old episodes and we'll get into it. Yeah, uh, so the first episode was kind of a Lupin X, uh, Lupin Blue team-up episode. We didn't really even see the Pot Rangers in that one. They kind of showed up for like a couple of little things. We were introduced to kind of like a, 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 kind of a group of upstarts that are trying to take over the gang. Mm-hmm. It was like a cow dude, a kiwi dude, and uh, like a wolf, I guess, or a lion. Limon. It's Yui a lion. and Ush- Ushibarak? Was yeah, was? Ushibarak, yeah. So Ushibarak was... That's it, I'm tapped out memory-wise for like 10 episodes. Yeah, you got it, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so Ushibarak was capturing uh, chefs and then making them, like, chef cooking, do, do cooking battles with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately Lupin Blue went in as bait and then challenged him and then won... Um, and then I guess if you win or lose, you get killed by Ushibarak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we kind of got to see a little bit of uh, Lupin X's abilities uh, because he, apparently he can. He said that uh, since Lupin Blue's profession is uh, to be a cook, or that's sort of where he looked at, at home, uh, his profession was maintaining the Lupin collection. So he actually has the ability to repair uh, the Lupin mm. collection items. Right, right. Which makes sense. He made them, so yeah, that tracks. Right. Or was at least involved in their development. Yeah, and we got a team up, uh, team up mecha fight. We got to see some hard suits uh, of the what is it called? I can't remember what's called. Ex Emperor. 
Yeah, Ex-Emperor, yeah. Yeah, Ex-Emperor and uh, Lupin, Lupin Kaiser taking down uh, Ushibarak after he gets brought back. Mm-hmm. And then in the second episode, or number 24, uh, we got to... The, we kind of got like a, a Lupin Red and Patren Sango? A Pat, Pat, Patren Pink. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a focus episode on them, like... Yeah, it was like a... Like the last episode... 23 was definitely a friendship episode. That This one was like a light mm-hmm. friendship episode. Just a, just a touch. Just a touch, <laughs> yeah. Because they kind of interacted and they have similar pasts where their parents were both killed when they were young or both died when mm-hmm. they were young. Uh, and while he was raised by his brother, she was raised by her grandfather. I don't know what he took from that, like from that uh, encounter, that experience. But I guess maybe it strengthened Lupin Red's resolve a little bit. Uh, and sort of the overarching thing with Giwi, the um, sort of death doctor, what, what do you call it? Plague doctor mask. Yeah, the plague Slash doctor, yeah. kiwi colored thing. He that was like a, kind of not not drug, but like a club with drugs that you He was go definitely to a and, dealer. Yeah. He was a dealer in a club. And, mm-hmm. and so your, your first thought is, oh, he's dealing narcotics, but it's just those little luck pendants. Yeah. I mean, it's effectively the same thing. You get addicted to All luck, right. you keep using it, use it up, and then you get turned into a happy mm-hmm. little tree. Which was a delight to see. Uh, and yes. <laughs> I think they gave it at the end. We're like, no, don't kill Kiwi this episode. He's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Kind of cool to look at. He had like a really cool effect. But we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, ultimately they beat him. They sort of used the luck, luck ability against him because uh, they weren't able to shoot him normally or attack him normally. Yeah, the big thing being being loop on reds, using the pendant. Mm-hmm. Well, Pat, Pat Pink figures out, hey, why don't we use the luck pendant? Like, she resolves to use the luck pendant to actually score some blows on him. Lupin Red goes, hey, that's a great idea, but he snatches it from her and he does it himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rather than let her take that sacrifice. Right. So, ultimately they win, um, and sort of the, oh, the, um, this time the Pat Rangers jump into Pat Kaiser and uh, team up with Ex-Emperor and then they defeat the the, the revived version of Giwi. Um, and then um like sort of right is uh, right is about where we expect oh things are going to wind down uh Lymon, the the leader of their little gang like shows up fully formed and then just like brutalizes <laughs> like brutalizes yeah. both ex ex emperor and uh pat kaiser oh and then something um i i, I didn't mention is uh cowboy absolute zero shows up again as <laughs> sort of some, like a parallel to Lymon's gang right I guess he's trying to recruit him or trying to get him to join his side after he loses both his subordinates. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see where this thread goes. I think that was it. Um, so, yeah, overall, I uh, I was very pleased with these episodes. Um, the uh, I think the standout bit for, at least for me, for the episode 23 was uh, both the locale, uh, having the fight set on a boat, mm. um, just feels different enough. Like, I don't really... You know, if you quiz me on it, I really can't think of other Sentai or even really that many Toku fights that happen on boats or on ships, like as a locale. So that was just interesting to see, just different settings and seeing them interact with that environment in different ways. And then uh, I think the monsters cooking and the cooking challenges, particularly Ushibarak when he's like making, he's like using his, his safe powers to, or his collection powers to like, heat up the meat and season it really fast and all that stuff oh yeah and then that's right when tom was cooking goes full yakitate japan and uh the the monsters eat it and are transported into these you know it's just apoplectic just 
visions of other worlds and the taste is just sending them other places that that's a that's a, a trope that i really don't get tired of <laughs> yeah i i am into the cooking i'm i'm i always welcome cooking battles and stuff i'm watching so uh yeah. to get a live action version of it i think it was great because like you see him sort of prep the food a certain way and you're like he's like roasting it like in front of himself using his powers and then you see it and it's like monster food like it's not even like right like, i don't want to <laughs> eat that i don't want to eat that no thank you <laughs> so that's um oh, that was that was a fun one i like that a lot uh i especially liked uh when when he was baiting them out they had the uh they had the um it was in a cooking class or something and he was uh what's his name ushia barak was was kidnapping uh professional cooking teachers mm-hmm. he it's like gee i wonder which one is gonna be the gangler here and it's like the guy wearing like the the furry vest and cross on the back of his shirt. <laughs> yeah, um. yeah. So I I like that one and a little bit of friendship angle, um, and then just kind of it leading into it was nice to have both Emperor X paired with the Lupin Kaiser in twenty three and then with the Pat Kaiser in twenty four. Mm-hmm. I think twenty four was probably this. I don't know if I would say the stronger of the two. There was definitely more of an. It felt like there was more of an emotional angle to it, even though. Um, Pat Pink and Lupin Red didn't necessarily get as much time together. The time they did have together felt like it had a lot more meaning, especially getting a look into Pat Pink's past in terms of her being raised by her grandfather, oh, yeah. and having to be more sort of self-reliant and a little bit past. Because the uh, if memory serves, all we've really gotten background-wise for her is the um, the stuffed animal sort of uh, angle, which was a nice way to sort of soften her because she's usually the the competent, strong, kind of independent type at work. So seeing her, like, okay, well, she kind of lets her guard down in this, like, one hobby area. But here we got to see a little bit of the origin of why she's like that, why she's so kind of determined and why she seems so much more capable than green and red. Um, so that was nice to see. And uh, Oh, yeah. An interesting thing that just kind of crossed my mind. So, and maybe I'd, I'm, it's been a while since I don't remember, but it's interesting that in 23... Uh, Lupin X is much more casual with changing in the middle of a fight. Like with the Lupin Rangers, he's going back and forth between Lupin and, and Pat Ranger mode. Whereas when he's fighting with the Pat Rangers, he's only Pat, Pat Ran X. Like he's never Lupin X when he's with them, which I, I'd forgotten that detail that the hmm. Lupin Rangers knew about it. Right. Um, but That's I liked right. the, in the fight, he was, he just had this kind of casual, like, shoot to the side, suddenly I'm a different form, like just kind of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I really dug that. That was quite interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not 100% sure how to read Noel besides the fact that, I mean, he loves, or he, he's responsible for the Lupin collection and then that Good Striker is sort of um, allied with him more so than anybody else, it feels like. like he could order mm-hmm. He could order Good Striker around and he'll do what he says. Yeah. I definitely feel like the fight choreography, the fight choreography was strong in both these episodes. Um, there was, I think, twenty three. The big standout was there was some some acrobatics that were pretty good, but really there was this one long shot where um, Ushibarak was just getting like knocked back over and over and over again by each member of the team. It's a really really good long shot that I just just I love that kind of choreography and the, the effort it takes. Oh to make yeah, um, that's right, that's right. And then just the whole battle in the warehouse in twenty four. Um, there's a lot going on. Uh, I, I guess the thing that I would use to describe it is there was a lot of lateral movement. 
Like, there was definitely a progression of the fight from the opening of the door across the warehouse, and you got a sense that Pink and Red were pushing him further down as he dodged, and they kind of had ended up in their own space, which isn't... That kind of spatial awareness isn't always present in Sentai fights. I mean, we joke about how often you get punched and land on a beach. Like, that kind yeah. of... Yeah. That kind of uh, distance is usually not relevant, and it, it, it's very loosey-goosey, but this time it felt like a real... They were really fighting him across the warehouse, and I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, conversely, we had something like that in... Jeez, uh, oh, in um, episode 23, where uh, Toma... Lupin Blue gets attacked out of costume on the boat and he kind of grabs his collar and then suddenly they're outside like they didn't break any walls or any of the car uh, uh, they didn't kick around any styrofoam boxes or rocks to get out there they just boom like all right yeah sure I mean we're used to it mm-hmm. but like you guys didn't even like pretend to break up the a wall of a boat here yeah that was a surprise <laughs> <laughs> um it was also nice uh having a three-man monster team yeah, and having them be oppositional to—I'm mean, gonna say oppositional—they were certainly uh, not supporting the dawn. They had their own aims uh, and kind of had their own agenda, which was, again, I'm still over here asking for like what what is the ultimate mafia agenda here other than just be bad guys? But it's—it was nice just to have that extra dynamic, um, right? So I appreciated that. I really liked uh, something that stood out stood out to me this one, and then maybe it's just because it's been a little while since the since we were last watching. But the effects that they had for uh, Lupin X, Pat Ryan X's ground attacks, like his um, his on the ground super moves, um, mm-hmm. especially his the one that he was using um, as Pat Ryan X, because it just looked really sharp, like uh, kind of like a. a a circle of twinkling blades that kind of come mm-hmm. together in the attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice. I was like, oh, like I was. Yeah, I really, really dig that one. Yeah, that was that was a really cool attack, especially combined with the the three way uh, Pat Ranger mode where they're all combined together. Yeah, always good stuff yeah. to see that double super attack. Mm-hmm. Just, just nice. So, was there anything else we wanted to say on this one, or do we want to jump into Twitter questions? Um, I guess excited to see where they go or what they do with this um this Lymon dude, and then um mm-hmm. if Cowboy Absolute Zero is gonna get like really, we're gonna see a whole lot more of them or not. I mean, that's all. I I, I enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to when we get back, get back into yeah, anyway. definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I want to see how this little three parter ends because uh, I'm I'm hooked. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, Twitter question-wise, um, so this is coming to us from uh, David Skazny, uh, and he asks, okay, so a three-part question here. Hmm. The introduction of the Lyman gang in this arc really highlighted how underutilized the Gangler generals are to make. Uh, no, no argument here. Destro, Ghosh, and Cowboy Absolute Zero all seem like they have cool things happening in the background, but the slow burn the show has been taking as to what those things are is probably the biggest flaw currently. The Lyman gang's more upfront style was a nice change of pace, and I'm kind of disappointed they are all basically one-and-dones. First question is, do you prefer villain generals that are built up for a cool payoff fight in the endgame, but that run the risk of just standing around for most of the show, or those that are constantly in conflict with the team but run the risk of constantly jobbing, which jobbing being a wrestling term there for those that don't know, someone who's made to look someone else look good. Mm. Uh, and then, so let's go ahead and answer that. Um, so how do you feel, I mean, for, I again, I we just I just got done saying a few seconds ago that yeah. I really, I feel like we need a motivate, like, we don't even have the broadest motivation. Even Cobra Commander, 
who never put together a decent plan in his life, his plan was to take over the world. You know, he had some mm. overarching goal. And other than the fact that we know these are mobsters, so, you know, crime, question mark, we don't really know anything about what they're after. We still, like, clearly they have an aim that involves Lupin Collection, but not the same one, because they already have the pieces. Right. So, yeah. you know, so, like, what is, what is their intent with them, other than to just keep them and sit on them like Smog the Dragon, you know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. And so, I think, you know, no matter which way we go with this question... I would like to have some explanation of what they're after other than crime. So, crimes. At least that goes for me. Criming. Criminaling. Hmm. So, the, the actual question, though, was do we want, do we like the long burn or the short term, basically, for the villains? Um, I'm, I think I kind of prefer the long burn um, if they can show that they're worth waiting for, which we've sort of gotten a glimpse of, like whenever, uh, whenever Destra decides to actually fight or Ghost decides to get her hands a little bit dirty, they kind of clean up, especially with the, the Dawn, when the Dawn like was like, all right, let me, uh, give me a second. And he just like, without being a giant, he just cleaned, like wiped the floor. And he's like, you, you guys are, uh, you guys aren't ready yet. Like that kind of, like if they do yeah. a little bit of that, a little bit of taste of, of what they'll need to face later. I think that mm-hmm. works for it. But maybe a little bit more than what we've been getting. Yeah, I mean, right. I think most... Oh, sorry, Q, go ahead. Uh, but you're right that uh, motivation does a lot to drive them forward, even if they don't necessarily do anything. Yeah, I think most shows, especially in this oeuvre, do something with, uh, you know, cryptic messages like, Muhaha, we're moving into phase three already. And you're like, what's phase three? Mm-hmm. What? You know, just, just some kind of, you know, offhand mention of a bigger plot, I think, would do the show. I, I think it would take very little screen time, and I think it would help the, the villains a lot. Um, but I, t- I tend to prefer... Something of a, I don't want to be that guy that just takes the middle, but I tend to prefer sort of mini arcs. You're, you're sort of jobber villains, I guess, to a degree. But the ones that last for, you know, five or six or ten episodes, just long enough to be around and you know them, but they're not really a part of the end game, And they usually have some kind of tragic backstory. And you sort of see them sort of rise and fall within the context of the rest of the show. And you kind of look back on them and go like, oh, wow, you know, the heroes overcame that. And oh, how tragic it was that they died or, or whatever. Mm. I, I, I tend to like that where they, they last long enough to make an impact, but they're not necessarily the driving force of the entire show. That tends to make their motivations and the consequences and the stakes much more personal. And I find that really engrossing just because, you know, when you're the main character or the main villain, you kind of have to have... You know, your main hero has to be a bit of a blank slate with a very broad mission. The villain has to be this, you know, very larger than life and has to have a very, you know, broad purview too. So side characters are where most of the time the writing staff gets to really focus in and like, okay, we're going to talk about this story or talk about this kind of idea. So I tend to like that. The smaller-ish villains, the mini-bosses, if you will. I find them much more interesting. Hmm. And I think we get we get a little bit of that sometimes. We've almost gotten it more with the mini bosses than with the um than with the uh the boss himself. Like we had that one bit with Gosh and uh uh the wolf boys, like when she met them in the forest or whatever and was like helping them and it, the implication was that the boss didn't know anything about it, that kind of thing. That's right, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. I like the little mini arcs and I like to see them, you know, like to see it just kind of be a part of the show but not the whole show. Gotcha. How about yourself? You, I know you said it the long game. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 
I talked for a long time and I forgot. Uh, and then second, he asked, what are some of your favorite evil general characters, Sentai or otherwise? Uh, so that's the second question. So w- what are some of your favorite evil generals, seven legendary swords and that sort of thing? So we're talking evil generals. Um, this isn't like the final boss. This is like subordinate level. Is that what we're thinking? Like not mm-hmm. quite the final boss, but like. Right. Hmm. I don't if you have one already ready to go, this is, you could go. Cause I, I do. I mean, and of course, I'm going to I'm going to be super basic and go with um go with an easy pick. But Grifforzar and or Griff Grifforzer and Lamy from uh, Zoo Ranger. Uh, we would know them as Goldar and Scorpina from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mm. Just because, um, you know, in, in MMPR, they didn't run with this at all. But in the original Zoo Ranger, they were basically like a they were a couple. Hmm. And uh, monster couples is something that I think is a awesome trope especially because they don't really like they just really enjoy being bad guys together yeah being an evil couple and i think that's just kind of a really great shtick uh and i just really enjoyed that watching them fight together and and just kind of be ruthless and also just they're like they're a couple i don't know i just i think that's always a fun uh it's just a fun bit to have that sort of sub relationship because i mean you're used to seeing these um general slash subordinate type characters at each other's throats all the time, vying for power, who's the real right hand to the boss, that kind of stuff. So to see them just kind of be more of a... They're, they're a team, but they're not twins, so to speak, because a lot of times you get those generals right, that yeah. are a t- they're twins or they're a set. They're just two different monsters that happen to be you know in a relationship and also like to fight the heroes. So I dig that. Hmm. That's tough. Cause I, I'm, Dip uh, into Common Rider. <laughs> I think like we've said before... My experience with Sentai isn't as isn't as thorough as my experience with Common Rider, and so I'm looking for Common Rider examples in my head. I'm having trouble because structurally it's not typically that way. Like it's not usually with like ah oh, the generals. But what I will mm. say is that I very very much liked those episodes of Jetman like that we watched and the generals that showed up in that like because that mm. that, that, that counts right. Those are I assume so. Yeah. So like sort of the the space lords or whatever I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. Right now, I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, they, they were the right amount of weird and Im- imposing for me. Um, mm. and I would say if I was going to commit any more time to anything, it would probably be to see more of their nuttiness. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> also, I mean, shout out to Gintoku and uh, and Common Rider Build because man, Common Rider Rogue. That's good stuff. That's mm. real good stuff. Mm. Um, and third, he asks, what traits do your favorites have that set them apart? Basically, what makes a good bad guy in your eyes? Oh. Hmm. I guess the... I... Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go with the weirdness. Like, I wanted, I want them to have, like, really strong personalities, but also be able to not just be kind of punching bags or not to be jobbers mm-hmm. in this case. Yeah. That's relevant. <laughs> Um, so to have personalities, but not just be like completely stiff or not, or, or, um, just jobbing every time we see them. Right. 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 I guess, um, for me, I think the, the advantage of a villain, like with a hero, you have to, I shouldn't say you have to typically for a hero, you try to make them a little more textured. Like you don't make them too extreme. You, You try to give them different facets but with a villain you have the opportunity to just take a theme or an idea and just run it to its absolute most ridiculous conclusion right you can go to extremes because they're not meant to necessarily be relatable 
not all the time anyway, especially in this style of fiction. So I just want a villain that exemplifies the, a theme and has something going for them and carries it to its conclusion, usually oppos- you know, in opposition to the hero's main themes or whatever. Like, oh, the hero's out for uh, to avenge a, f- a fallen friend or something. Well, then have a villain that is just absolutely bloodthirsty vengeance just to the extreme. And the hero has to go, you know, oh, damn, you know, am I willing to go that far? Okay, well, if I think that's too far, where's my line? And why do why do I feel like I'm different than this villain who is nominally following the same thing as me? You know, that, where do I draw that distinction and that sort of thing? Like any, anything that makes the heroes kind of challenge and question themselves and that sort of thing, I, I think is great. Mm. And especially if it ends tragically. If you can have a villain end tragically so that you feel just a little bit for them, I mean, that, that's that's really what it's all about. Yeah, like that was something I was reflecting on um, looking at Drive recently. Um, I, mm-hmm. uh, in the end, uh, you know, whatever, heroes win some, somewhat. Um, but th- there were characters that I sympathized with a little bit near the end. And I was just like, you know, his goal was to eradicate all of humanity. But, you know, it's, I, it would have been nice if they could have been friends. Like, <laughs> it's like, hmm, you know, is an evil monster that wants to kill everybody. But... If only, like that weird sort of mixed feelings in the end, right? Like that's mm-hmm. yeah, you're getting at yeah, yeah. That's that's the key. You have to just make it go like, ooh, maybe I don't want to cheer this a hundred percent. Okay, well that was all the questions that we had. Thanks, David, for those questions. Those were really, even though we only had one person asking this week, they were all really good questions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, strong questions. All right, well, uh, I think that's it for this week of the uh, Super Senpai podcast. Now, if everything goes according to plan knocking on every piece of wood available mm-hmm. next week we should have our special guest on we have it lined up we have it scheduled yes looking to record very excited about it but we don't want to say because we don't want to jinx it still yeah <laughs> but yeah. i am excited about that episode yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun it's gonna be sort of a different take um hope we will pull this one off but yeah mm-hmm. thanks for coming to hang out with you guys yeah thanks for coming to hang out with me man no problem man it was good to be back thanks for tuning in to the super senpai podcast We'll notice you again next time. Super Super Senpai Senpai Podcast. Podcast.